Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. I hope your Christmas was good. I hope it was as good as what's happening right now. All Fox River family across every campus worshiping and doing church together. Hey, let us know in the chat what campus you're representing today. You know what else is good, though? The smell in this barn. Yeah. All right. Right here, this isn't too much different than the place where Jesus was born. But notice, Jesus isn't in the manger anymore. Christ came the first time. Yes, he did. He lived perfectly. He died for our sins. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father, right? Because on the third day, he was raised by God himself. Yes, Christ already came but he's coming again. And his message to each one of us today is this, be ready. You made it through 2020, that's a good thing. And you're ready for 2021, no matter what happens. But I hope as we look back on the year that just took place, I hope that we can be more than just, thank God that's over, more than just that attitude. I pray that we'll be able to actually thank God for the good work he did in 2020 in our lives. That we can look back and say, God, thank you for reminding me of how precious human life is. God, thank you for reacquainting me with this truth that on a dime, everything can change. God, thank you for 2020, God, where you showed me again and again and again your goodness and your faithfulness. When it comes to 2021, he's giving us this chance to live it to the full, to be ready for for living by faith, not by fear. He's he's giving us a chance to be ready to die if it were to come to that, knowing where we will be when that day comes. By God's grace, may 2021 be the year where each of us are ready for anything and everything because we belong to God and he belongs to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for these precious minutes you've given us to share together. I pray that we would hear from you, Lord. I pray that when we hear from you, we would understand what you're trying to tell us. God, I pray that your kingdom come, God, the same way that it's in heaven, God, that your will would be done here on the earth in our lives. Even now, Lord, help us to live by faith, not by fear. God, that we would be ready and that you would be glorified. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn to Matthew 25. Go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. If you got one, go ahead and turn there on your phone, all right, or your device. Um, We're going to hang out in the parable of the ten virgins. All right, now, before we actually get into the text, we got to cover three things. These are really important. The first thing is this. Whenever Jesus teaches in parables or stories, He's always communicating one major truth, all right? In this case, the parable of the 10 virgins, the one major truth Jesus is communicating is this, be ready. That's the first thing. Second thing is this, the parable of the 10 virgins, it's it's not condoning and it's not advocating polygamy, all right? This isn't like there's 10 virgins and they're all being given to to one husband. That's not what's happening, all right? In a Jewish wedding, listen, um, you can substitute the word virgin 
with bridesmaids. Bridesmaids in a Jewish wedding were young and unwed, hence virgins. That's what's happening. These are bridesmaids, which brings us to the third thing. What in the world did a Jewish wedding 2,000 years ago look like? It basically had three phases. The first phase was this, the, the official contract or agreement. Basically, the parents of the groom and the parents of the bride, they would get together and say, hey, our children are going to marry each other. Deal? Deal. Okay, that was the first phase. Second phase is this, the actual wedding ceremony where vows were exchanged, all right, where, where the actual I'm your husband, I'm your wife, began. Um, there was that official ceremony. And then after that, right after that moment, the groom would leave. All right. He would go secure employment and he would check it out. He would go to prepare a place for them to live. And when it was ready, he would come back, which began phase three. The groom would come back when everything was ready. He would come with his groomsmen. He would show up to the house where the bride was and she was with her bridesmaids. All right. And they would come at night and they would together go to the wedding feast. Now, since it was at night, they needed candles or lamps or torches, right? And what they would do is they would travel from the bride's home and they'd go to the wedding banquet hall, if you will, and they'd go through the streets and they'd attract attention with the lights, of course, but they'd also attract attention by calling out to everyone in the community because it was a community-wide celebration. Hey, we're getting, we're getting married or we are married and, and like we're having this huge feast. The party is tonight. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. So they would travel to the banquet and they would celebrate and they would eat a ton of food and they just party, party, party. And then after that, right, the bride and the groom would be left alone and the marriage would finally be physically consummated. Now, that third part, in particular, once the, the, the wedding party, the whole glob of them, right, they're walking through the streets announcing, hey, the feast is about to happen, come be a part of it. Listen, that was the only chance and the last chance anyone had to be a part of this wedding, all right, or this marriage, because they weren't a part of phase one or phase two. They were only a part of phase three. If you didn't prepare, then you weren't going to party. If you weren't ready, you weren't getting in. With that said, let's get into Matthew 25, verse number one. This is the beginning of the parable of the ten virgins. Jesus is teaching, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. You see, all 10 of these bridesmaids, they looked the same, all right? They all looked the same, but they didn't act the same. See, the five foolish ones, they acted according to logic. Um, they, they thought to themselves, man, I know what weddings are like. I know what these banquets are all about. I've been to even a few of them. I know what's going to happen, all right? It'll be fine. I don't need any extra oil, okay? And then, on the other hand, you've got five wise bridesmaids or, or virgins, right? And they are not acting according to logic. They're preparing to party, according to faith. And their attitude is this, I don't know what's going to happen. 
And I remember how crazy, like a few years back, 2020, I remember how crazy it was. And, and what God showed me then was like, you, you just, you, you got to be ready for anything. So, so they bring, all right, they look really foolish, by the way. And, and there's an irony there, right? The, the foolish ones look wise, but the wise ones look foolish in the beginning, okay? So they bring their flasks or their jars or maybe their radio flyer red wagons full of extra oil, and they're bringing it. And it's like, man, they're kind of dorky, right? What, what's going on there? But they bring it because, remember, they're preparing to party, and they are expecting the unexpected, and they're going to prepare the best that they can. That's their attitude in it, all right? So let's keep reading. Verse number five. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. He was delayed. And they all became drowsy, and they fell asleep. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, my goodness. The bridegroom wasn't on time. The groom didn't show up on time. Who could have thought such a thing? Hey, have you ever felt this way um, maybe once in a while? Maybe like all the time you feel this way, especially now. Like things just don't go according to plan. All right, have you ever heard it said, in this world you will have trouble? Uh, have you heard that? Yeah, Jesus said that in John chapter 16, verse 33. Listen, you need to expect the unexpected, and that's what the wise ones were doing here, right? Okay, verse, verse six, let's keep, keep reading here. At midnight, right? They all fell asleep, by the way, right? We read that. At midnight, the cry rang out. Midnight, this is the middle of the night, the time where nobody expected, right? No, no one thought that he would come then. They could, just couldn't stay awake anymore, by the way. But, but sure enough, at midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins, all 10 of them, they woke up and they trimmed their lamps. We want to make sure that these things burn as bright as they can. So we're going to trim them up, get all those burnt edges off. And, and man, here we go, right? The foolish ones, though, said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps, they're going out. No, the wise ones replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, Go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. Listen, the bridegroom comes at a time that was least expected. And guess what? It is revealed. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, it becomes apparent that some of these bridesmaids are unprepared. And they're freaking out. They're trying to fix the problem. But listen, there's no quick fix this is like going to a Green Bay Packer game and not having enough gas in your gas tank and running out of gas on the way up there. Happened to me, by the way. This is like going to a Green Bay Packers game, getting all the way to Green Bay, right? Lambeau Field, yeah, and realizing you left the tickets at home. That happened to me too, all right? So, but, but those are kind of funny, right? You can find the humor in that. But let's get a little serious for a second. This is like being so excited to get to heaven and not having what it takes to get there or not having what is required to enter. Let's keep reading verse 10. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. It turns out the problem that the five foolish virgins had, there was no resolution. There was a problem that they could not fix or solve because the time of preparation had passed. 
and the door to God's kingdom was shut to them forever. Many will say on that day when it's too late, Lord, Lord, let us in. Open the door to us. Lord, Lord, don't you remember us? Remember all the good things that we did for you? And his response will be this. I don't even know you. Depart from me. Huh. How is that possible? Is God mean? Like, what's happening here? No, no, no. Listen, it's because the one thing that is required for entrance into God's kingdom and into that wedding feast is this, faith in Jesus Christ. Now, according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, here's what God tells us there. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. The time for faith in Jesus is before he comes because you can't see him, all right? But once Jesus comes and I see him face to face, listen, I can't have faith in him then because he's no longer unseen. He's before me. So the one thing that I need, faith, I can't get a hold of once he shows up. Faith has an expiration date. Verse 13. And this is what Jesus closes with. He says, after this parable, after this story, he says, therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. The one major truth that Jesus is communicating through this parable of the ten virgins is this. Be ready, because nobody knows when Christ will return. Not even Christ knows when he will return. Only the Father. I don't have that one figured out, but that's what he says, okay? So only the Father knows. No matter who you are, no matter what your situation is or where you live, listen, be ready. If you're not a Christian, you're not ready. Perhaps for years, you've called yourself a Christian. You look the part, but you never really entertained um, Christianity, right? You, you, you have um, your parents' faith. You're trying to ride on their coattails. My parents have faith. That won't save you. Who your friends are won't save you. How often you go to church, how much you know about the Bible, how much you serve, how much you give if you've got some money and you've given it to the church or given it to God or given it to, to, to some good cause. Listen, your money won't save you. Those things are only relevant if meant as excellent evidence of salvation. Those good things will not save you. You can look the part, but at the very same time, not be ready. It's not about what you do. It's about what he's done for you. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? If so, trust him. Receive him, receive his forgiveness that he might save you right now. Receive him. If you want to be ready, say this prayer with me. Let's say it together right now. Jesus, I believe that you are God. Jesus, I believe that you died and you paid for my sins and that three days later, God raised you from the dead. I receive you now, Lord, as you receive me. Thank you for making me ready because I don't make myself ready, Lord, but you make me ready, God. Thank you for making me ready to enter the doors of your kingdom. Amen.
you are now ready if you prayed that prayer as a reflection, as an evidence of your belief in Jesus Christ, that God raised him from the dead and you have confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you are now saved and a part of God's family. You, one day, maybe sooner than any of us realize, will enter the kingdom and feast with God himself. Listen, there's a continuity between now and not yet. How you live today will affect and determine how you live forever. Christian, you have the opportunity to live your life in light of eternity. Yes, you're ready now, but you can be even more ready. You know him, but you can know him even more. You can grow as a child of God. You can grow in your faith. And I'm going to give you a few, few ways here. Some of them are obvious, right? But, but, but you can. You can grow in your faith as a child of God through the word. If you don't have a Bible, it's time to get one. I'm talking about an actual physical book, all right? Get your hands on God's word. It's available, readily available to most of us. All right, you got to also get the YouVersion app. All right, now it's called just simply the Bible app. So go to your Google Play Store, go to the App Store if you're an Apple kind of person, okay? But go there and get the Bible app. On there, you're going to find something called the verse of the day. It's a great way. You can even receive daily notifications, but it's a great way just to get in the Word and, and, and remember by those notifications to get in the Word every day. There's also daily reading plans um, that are available to each of us that we might grow as his children in our faith by getting in his Word. And another way is through prayer. If you're like me, maybe you're really, really busy some or even most days, and it's really easy to get to the end of the day, and you haven't prayed at all. And then, like, maybe you think about praying, but then you fall asleep, all right? Or you get caught up doing something else or whatever, right? So, so hey, if that's you, just set an alarm or put a reminder on your phone to pray. And after you do that a little bit, you get into that good habit of growing as a child of God in your faith through prayer. You're going to find yourself um, praying throughout the day. And pretty soon it's going to be like a lifestyle of prayer. You're just going throughout, like Jesus did, you're just going throughout your day, just praying to him constantly and continually. And another way to grow in your faith as a child of God is this, attending church more regularly. All right? I just wish there was a prettier way of saying it, but it's just the way it is, all right? Or, or, or joining a small group or maybe even leading a small group, right? Listen, there, there's a special grace that God makes available to each of us, all right? And, and here's the thing. If you step into that place, you step into that grace that he offers, all right? So, so go to church. Enter that grace that he offers there. Get into a small group. Step into that grace that he offers there and grow, right? As you walk with others and they walk with you, grow together with a community of Christ-based, faith-based friends, okay? Grow as a child of God in your faith. And as you grow, all right, here's what you can do. You can go. As you grow, you can go. All right? So you can give your time, your talent, your treasure. All right? You, all the things that, that God has given you. 
All right, God made me good at mathematics, right? Right when I came out of my mother's womb, I was doing like multiplication tables, okay? So, so like you, I've shared that skill by God's grace, okay? I've been able to share that skill and help others with math. A lot of people don't like math, huh? Go figure. Okay, but I was just like, that's some of the natural gifting that I received. And then if you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit gifts you with spiritual gifting. So whatever those are, one of mine is teaching, okay? So God has given me the opportunity, and I've had to search a little bit too for opportunities to help others understand God's word in a way that maybe they didn't before, right? And other people have helped me tremendously because of their willingness to share as they go, share God's giftings um, that they've received with me, all right? You can give, right? Your time, your talent, your treasure, right? Give the things that God has given to you, even your money that he's given to you, give it back to him. And as you go, show the love of Jesus Christ and share his name. On your way to the feast, with your torch in hand or with your lamp in hand, call out to others, hey, I'm going to the feast. Come, be a part of it. Let's celebrate. Let's eat together. Let's do this. We have an opportunity to invite those around us. It's their only chance to be a part of the wedding feast in the kingdom of God. Now, one of the best nights of my life was when Nicole and I celebrated at our wedding reception. Now imagine how much better the night will be when we feast with God himself at that wedding banquet. It's going to be awesome. Let's pray. God, I thank you. We thank you for coming to save us. God, we thank you that your perfect love casts out fear. We thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to live by faith for you. God, that we can be ready to enter your kingdom when you return. God, help us in the meantime. Help us to glorify you that one day, Lord, you might glorify us. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, the opportunity is before us all to make this year the year we are ready. See you in 2021. Love you. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.